As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Today on Android's Dungeon. Johnny, where is he? I don't know. I don't know. Johnny, where is he? I don't know. I don't know. He's gone. I don't know if you know, guys know anything about Bobby Fischer, but maybe that's a reference you understand from Saturday Night Live. Uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite games of all time today, so stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to Android's Dungeon. I'm Joel. I am on my own. Uh, but I can make it on my own. Don't need nobody to share my home. Uh, Jonathan has been waylaid. He is off delivering a package to Purelater, which is, uh, I guess, part of his job. Um, and so <laughs> and so you get me, which uh, which is a special treat because I love hosting. Um, and I'm not at all terrified and nervous of the soundboard, uh, but, uh, it's okay. You know, like John, Jonathan and I, Jack and I have our own special kind of, of roles in this show. I'm kind of the, uh, I'm the meat and the potatoes. I'm the salt of the earth. I've got opinions. I've got hard opinions, soft opinions. Um, and I say funny things, but, uh, Jack, Jack, he's, he's the, he's the pillar of this institution, the institution that is Android's Dungeon, which is probably uh, the greatest and most respected uh, game review show of all time, I'd say. M maybe maybe it's not the number one game, number one show, but uh, it's definitely in the top one. That's that's one of the signature jokes, that quality jokes that I'll be bringing to you tonight. Uh, so I was thinking, okay, so how do I pass the time while I wait for Jack to arrive? Simple. I'm going to I'm going to spread the word. I'm going to I'm going to be a little missionary to four of my favorite games, okay? Uh, and we're going to do it in an alphabetical order. So we're going to start with the big daddy of them all. You guys know this game. We've talked about it a 100 times. It is Western Empires, currently rated 8.8 .8 on Board Game Geek, which is an amazing rating. Uh, it is climbing the ranks. We're all, we're all very excited. It doesn't get a whole lot of play, and one of the reasons for that is it is a hundred plus dollars to buy, and it is fairly new, and it's also like the third iteration of Advanced Civilization, which some people say Civilization, you know, Francis Tresham's original game is better. You shouldn't waste your time with the Advanced version, but I say poo-poo to them. But uh, to be honest... Um, Jack and I have never played original Civilization, so I really don't have anything to stand on that when I say this is better. But uh, hey, it's what we know, it's what we love, and I think I think if you ask Jack, this is still probably both of our favorite game, which is saying something, uh, considering uh, the amount of games that we've played and tried out and reviewed on this show. Um, I have some exciting news. Speaking of the show... Uh, and Jack doesn't even know this yet, so don't tell him. It's a secret between just me and you, just me and this one listener. No, it's actually, uh, our, um, we're getting a little more popular. 
and it's exciting. I, I do the uploading of the podcast, and we have a dashboard there that tells me all the stats as far as who's listening and where. So shout out to California, because California is actually about uh, 40% of our listens. It's it's the majority of listens from the United States. The entire states, there's 49 states don't really like us. But, but you guys in California are, are holding out strong. And uh, the other exciting news, the big news, is that we have officially passed our 5,000th listen, which is a big deal for me. I've been waiting a long time for 5,000, and, and we kind of just blew by it. I, did, I didn't even see it coming. I was seeing us in the high 3,000s, and I was thinking we'd do something special when we hit 5K, but... But it just came and went. It's just it's like your birthday when you get older, you know. It's like eventually you're like, ah, yeah. Oh, was it last week? Oh, better go buy a cake. Man, life gets really depressing when you get older. Uh, but it's okay because you still have uh, still have Western Empire. So let me let me give you a little insight on Western Empires. It's a big old box. You open it up. There's a there's a map of the Mediterranean, and as you'd imagine, you go through the ages of civilization so you're going to start in the stone age you're going to start with just one person on the map and then that one person is going to make two people and then those two people are going to make four people and those four people are going to make eight people and each round that these populations are growing you're spreading out across the mediterranean but there are between <laughs> between four and 17 other people doing the same thing on the map uh, because the game, if you're playing uh, Mega Civilization, which we do have, goes up to 18 players. Uh, so within three or four rounds, your 16 people are going to get a little cozy. They're going to have some neighbors. And this is sort of the, the ebb and flow of spreading and, and shrinking across this wet Mediterranean map. So what you do, you can't build outwards, you build upwards. You There's these special symbols on the map, and you uh, you take six of your guys... You put them together, they make a city. Once you have a city, now you've kind of unlocked another section of the game. Each city gives you a good, and each numbered city after one, the good gets exponentially better. So if you have one city, you're going to get something lousy like hide. If you get two cities, now you're starting to get something a little bit better like iron. Three cities, you're going to start getting some grain. Four cities, you get oil. Five cities, textiles, etc., etc., till you get all the way up to the juicy gold and ivory of the nine-city count, which is the uh, maximum amount of cities you can have. And man, does that feel good, except for... Um, it's not going to last. <laughs> There's these terrible calamities that are also included in those goods, uh, which will basically wipe your civilization down to three or four cities, and then you build back up. And you... So again, this is ebb and flow, and it's such a magical uh, experience. Um, the game is a little long, you know, eight to, ten, eight to 12 hours, I'd say, depending on your experience level and, uh, and how much combat is involved. Uh, but we talk about it a lot on this show. So I'm just going to say hearty endorsement. Android recommends Western Empires. If you haven't played it, maybe don't just buy it. Uh, give, us a, give us a ring-a-ding-ding. I don't remember. Uh, I think we're like at Android's Dungeon or something um, on Instagram. Give us a shout-out. Uh, we've got uh, we've got an email, but I'll, I'll, I'll let Jack talk about that later. Um, and, and we'll get you in a game. I think our next game is at GriffCon, which is uh, sort of Guelph's only game convention of the year, uh, aside from their secondary GriffCon Shadow. So 
if you if you Google Griffcon, uh, there's a game you can sign up for right now. Okay, that's Western Empires. Great game. Moving on to War of the Ring. War of the Ring is a game about Lord of the Rings. You get your little Frodo and your hobbitses, and they're walking around trying to get to Mount Doom and drop a ring. And you got Sauron and what's his name? You know, the guy in the big tower, Saruman. Uh, Basically, if it starts with an S, he's a bad guy, right? Um, And then you've got some Easterlings and Southrons. (laughs) They also start with an S. Uh, And those are the baddies. And then you've got the goodies. And then you've got some various, you know, like the dwarf families and, and some neutral but good factions. The elves obviously have... Are they good? Yeah. It depends on your interpretation of the Silmarillion. Um, actually, some of them... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is the 12th overall ranked game of all time on Board Game Geek, and it's an 8.5. So it's a good game. It's a well-respected game. Weird thing about this game is it's pretty much a two-player game. They they sell it as a two-to-four, but really when you're playing four players, you're basically just helping each other out. Uh, it is a heavy game. We're talking 4.8 out of 5, which is insanely heavy. It's not super well known, but shout out to my man Hassan who who taught me this game. It is so much fun, and it's also just like if you like anything about Lord of the Rings, if you like anything about fantasy, it just gets you in the story. It draws you right in in a, in a way that like no other game has ever been so thematically immersive to me than than War of the Ring. It's you're playing the 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 Lord of the Rings story. Uh, you're doing it your own way, but it is just like you are just like emotionally invested in all these events that occur, uh, unless you don't care. In which case, uh, the gameplay itself, like I said, is twelfth overall, and it is just fantastic. If you can play War of the Rings again, War of the Ring again, it's a hundred dollars. So it's hard to pick up. Maybe go to a Game Cafe, see if you can get it there. Sound good? Sound good? Good. War of the Ring. Again, hardly endorsed by Android's Dungeon, or at least half of Android's Dungeon, because Jack hasn't actually played this one. Um, I am intending to get him out for a game, but uh, it's hard It's hard to buy time with Jack, especially for 150 to 180 minutes, which is the, the playtime of this game. Um, but, you know, maybe we can sneak it in in a, in a cheeky afternoon, <laughs> Sunday afternoon, someday, uh, over a cup of tea. Worthering, check it out. Uh, moving on to the middle of the alphabet, we got John Company. This is a game that Jack and I have both played. We played it out in Toronto with our good friend John, friend of the show. John Company with John K. Oh, what a game. What a time. This is actually slightly heavier than War of the Ring, which I don't know if I agree with. But, but Cole Worley... Um, has notoriously front-loaded games. And Cole Worley, if you don't know, is just the guy right now. I mean, if you're talking about designers, you're talking about Cole. He is so hot. He can do no wrong. Everybody's just losing their minds about Oath, getting really excited. He's from Indiana, so, you know, he's not exactly a Euro guy, but he's he's a history buff. He puts tons of history in his games. His games are just uh, bursting with theme. Uh, you know, Afghanistan war games, uh, little cute animals in the forest where just like, you can, you can feel, you can feel the tension between the cats, 
the industrial cats who have conquered the forest and the and the old empire of the birds who are just angry and bitter and always in conflict and and these cute little uh, woodland creatures who just want just want a place for themselves and they don't even get to start on the board but eventually they come with a strong uprising and conquer their own land and then there's the sneaky vagabond this little raccoon who's just walking around playing his own little rpg just completely different game but sometimes you gotta bop him on the head or he'll just he'll just win um but John, I'm talking about Root now, but John Company, Cole Worley made this incredible simulation of the East India Trading Co. Uh, and basically these noble families that are coming along and just trying to basically milk it for all it's worth. So uh, if you look at a picture of John Company, you're going to look at this ribbon. This big ribbon going from bottom left and looping around and up top right and then back to left and then back down again. Uh, and we never actually got to the end of the ribbon because the end of the ribbon is China and we didn't get to China because, uh, because the game ended too fast and, and we didn't have enough disasters or something. Um, but listen, think about it this way. You and three or four other people are going to be these arrogant nobles who are basically semi indifferent to the success of the company and you're dropped down in this world where, uh, you all need to get jobs. And so you take the jobs you get, and maybe you want to bribe to get a better job, or maybe you want to just hold out. You can give promissory notes, which, you know, don't actually mean anything, except, you know, you lose victory points at the end of the game if you don't get rid of them. But there's ways, you know, you can promote them over somebody else and give it back, and all this sort of fandangling. Um, but basically, you're going to go around the ribbon. There's low-level jobs, medium-level jobs, and then super high-level jobs. And when you get to the end of the end of the round, you're going to try to retire from those jobs. And it's just a simple matter of rolling. See if you get a five or six. So there's a 33% chance you can retire. If you retire, you get some, some special bonuses and you also get some victory points. That's basically it. You do that until the company tanks or, uh, or the rounds run out. And then you see who has the most points. Sounds simple? Not so simple. Remember, this is a 4.10 or 4.18 out of 5, which is almost as as complicated as board game geek games get. So, so hang on to your hats. You're going to be building boats. You're going to be shipping those boats to colonies. You're going to be uh, fighting wars to subdue the locals. You're going to be trying to ship goods um, out to England and back and and you're going to be trying to make money while you're at it, and then you're going to be... <laughs> and then once you get to the end, you're going to either pay pay stocks out to your stockholders, or you're going to withhold those stocks and, and put the money back into the company, and that'll determine whether the stocks go up or down, like any other 18xx game. And whoo-wee, there is a lot to this game, but it is... Once you, once you learn it, you're going to love it. I marked it as my favorite game of 2019. Number one favorite game, and for good reason. I think it was absolutely spectacular. And would I play it again? In a heartbeat, but can I? Absolutely not, because the only people that I know that have it are in east side of Toronto and are available maybe once every two or three months, and we usually end up playing new games, and we cannot buy this game right now. There's a reprint coming out probably spring of 2021, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. You should keep your eye on it, because if you want to play this game, you want to try this game, John Company is the game. Um, I would most recommend trying out on your own. I don't think you need anything. 
some interest, some general interest in history might help, but uh, give it a go if you've got the stomach for it, because it is a complicated game, but it is worth it. Uh, one last thing I'll say about John Company before I go is that it is very interactive. Remember, this guy's from Indiana. He's not a Euro player. This is not multiplayer solitaire. You are all working together, and one and you can promise things, and you can say, listen, put some money in this in this uh, colony, and I'll promise I'll ship. And then when the time comes, you can just go over there and you can start a war or do something that only benefits you, and nothing's going to stop you from doing that. No promises are binding. Um, which is wild. You, you can, you can, you know, screw other people over. You can prop, prop each other up and make a little alliance. You can do whatever you want. And it's just, there's just madness that ensues. Um, and that's what I, one of the things I really love about it is it's not a hard strategy game. There's no mathing out winning this game. You're not gonna, uh, one of my main criticisms, Terra Mystica, is that it's essentially solved. You can kind of see there's there's like an ideal path or an ideal way to go. Uh, there is no way to calculate that in this because there's just too much player interaction and uh, and random events and, uh, and cool stuff that happens. There's also a newspaper that comes, tells you how much unrest there is in India, and whew, that's enough of John Company. You get the idea. You get the idea. It's a good game. All right. Um, I'm actually going to move down now to the Ds. I got two Ds. Dune. Dune is new. I know we've been talking about it a lot. But uh, Jack kind of had his say about our last Dune game. This is the third Dune game we've played. Um, it's 120 minutes plus. We always played a six-player because you get every every one of the asymmetrical players, and it is the best that way. I know that Harry's given it go at five, in which case you take out the Bene Gesserit, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same, folks. You really want to play it at six players uh, because there's just like it's it's a it's an ecosystem, and and if the Bene Gesserit go extinct. You know, then the then the foxes uh, overrun the, the the fremen of the foxes. They're gonna overrun the the forest, and they're they're gonna run out of food, and then they're gonna go extinct. And and uh, and you know, it's, it's 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 an ecosystem, which is funny because you know the planet of Arrakis, the planet that's known as Dune, um, has this very delicate ecosystem built into it, and and so does the game. It is so well themed. Um, I know I I always talk about how I don't care about theme. Here it is, theme, bam, love it. This, <laughs> oh man, I <laughs> doing my best, folks. Uh, carrying this without Jack is tough, but you know I I I know what I can talk about, and I can just ramble for endlessly about Dune, <laughs> about John Company, because I'm so passionate about how good these games are. You really need to give them a go. Uh, Dune is an 8.3. It is a slightly lighter game, mostly because I think there's a lot of shenanigans involved about, oh, well, it looks like you played my traitor, so I'm going to lose this round. And so the complexity is down because the game itself is just like a simple area control. But think about this. You've got six players, and one of those players needs to control three of only five territories. So if you think about it in a balanced scenario... All six players can get on the map and 
all of them can control one territory, and then one person is left out on the mountain or in the middle of the dunes. And then one of those people needs to edge out one of those five players that got a place. The sixth player has to not get into a place. Then that player's got to take his two territories and edge out a third player in order to get himself into a scenario where he can win. So what do you do? You ally up. Ally up, great. You'll you, Much easier to conquer with two people, right? Wrong, because now you need to take four territories, which, think about it this way, it's a little bit easier, right? If you've got three, 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 three teams of two, now you're looking at uh, you only need four out of six territories. Your, chance, your odds are up a little bit already. And then aside from that, you know, you've got these cool special abilities, and maybe you can knock somebody so that they're basically dead and out of the game. Uh, just coming back with little pittance of forces. And that's where the situation kind of opens up. And you can say, okay, five territories is not so difficult anymore. Uh, I can see, you know, there's an opening here. Maybe I'll get lucky. And um, I don't want to, I don't want to disagree with what Jack said last week. Uh, Jack made some good points. But I will say that the Emperor and I spent the majority of the game sort of posturing and waiting and getting like right close enough to these bases so that we could kind of sneak in. And I knew that I had Fremen traders. And when, as soon as we allied up in round five, we found out that she had a Fremen trader. And so we, we unlocked it. And I think we did that together. And I think she did a really good job of, of kind of biding the time and also she, she intentionally lost a few fights. I mean, she didn't lose the fights intentionally, but she went and started fights. And the reason to, for that was pretty simple. The Emperor can revive six people around. And no one else can. So to, to sort of take a fortress that's sitting on like ten people, six people, ten people, which the guild had, the, the spacing guild had, and then kind of just throw some forces at it. Let them die. Let the spacing guild spin. Ben, because here's the thing when you win a fight usually when you win a fight it's like oh great this is my land now i conquered it i'm gonna sit here and defend it but in dune it's not that easy because you actually lose everybody that you commit to the fight so if you want to soften up an area and then bring your and then use all of your many riches as the empire to to come back in you just you just let people die. So you throw them in an area, you force them to spend, let's say, eight people, ten people. Sure, they win the fight, they feel good, maybe they even get some some uh, cheddar out of it, you know, some sand. Uh, called the spice. It's the credits of this game. Uh, the currency. Um, yeah, good for them. But you're going to be back with forces soon. Because you can afford to ship more in, whereas they're sitting on there. Oh, how much money do I have? Do I am able to buy a treachery card, etc., etc. Um, amazing game. Dune is this weird sort of you never see the ending until it happens, right? It's like every fight you could win, you could lose. Remember, there's these traitors out there where if if somebody just flips a traitor, uh, you just win. You lose no forces, you lose nothing. You take their leader, you collect spice from them, and you just sit there laughing. Uh, and that's what we had with the Fremen. We had two of their strongest forces. 
uh, as traitors. And so we had this crazy situation in the end where the Fremen had so much force and they were stronger than us. And we just went in, we fought them three times. We won two of those times. And we said, see you later. Thanks. We got four. But credit to the Bene Gesserit, credit to Jack. He had a prediction saying that we were going to win early. He just didn't see it that early. Round five was was kind of a miracle. I don't think we even expected it ourselves, but we had some some luck on our sides for sure. So that's Dune. Uh, you got to play it. It's so hot right now. I mean, everybody everybody's going to... Uh, agree we got 328 people giving it a 10 right now and 302 people giving it a 9 and 350 people giving it an 8 and then it drops off it's just everybody is loving the gale force 9 new translation of dune this is not a new game by far folks but the 2009 reprint um makes it easier to learn makes it easier to play and it's climbing the ranks it's only 718th right now but give it a go all right we're gonna take a quick musical break and we'll be back with more androids dungeon dun dun dun
Oh, that's deadly too. That was dead leaves in the dirty granite. I don't. I'm not. I'm good. <laughs> That was Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground uh, by the Spice Girls. Uh, the the White Stripes. <laughs> the White Spice Girls. The White Stripes uh, <laughs> was my favorite band uh, for a while. They were oddly and popular for... Elephant Advance Vinyl was, was like the first record that I purchased. I think. Really? Yeah. Ever? Yeah. Come on. How old were you when you bought that then? You're older than me. I guess I was like 13. You were 13 years old when you... Was, hold on a second. I got to ask. Is this part of some... Were you not allowed to buy music before? Was yeah, there a very probably stringent... I had some like uh, some some tapes, some Jesus tapes, you know? <laughs> We'd play like salty psalms. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> there are some uh, spicier uh, love some, psalms. We had some mysteries, but they weren't murder mysteries, you know? They'd be like, oh... Uh, Who moved my tuna fish? Tommy's teddy bear is missing. <laughs> could be a euphemism it could be some real gritty uh <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i mean my brother had like tupac and bob marley and everything like that How did so he get away with that like i don't know maybe they didn't listen to him listening to it or... <laughs> it's a mystery jack but you know he's the he's the oldest child so he's he's he can do, do no whatever. wrong what yeah. are you what's your where do you fit in in your siblings i am the third of four all right so you're not the baby you're, yeah. you're the middle baby? Yeah, it goes like uh, the oldest is Jeremy. He's a guy, and then we have... You don't a, want to dox yourself too badly on the air, Joel. We have a girl, and then uh, and then uh, and then me, and then another girl. So it's a good balance. You know, guy, girl, guy, girl. A lot of parents try pretty hard for... Uh, my mom used to make fun of my... Uh, um, our dentist, family dentist, because he uh, he had three boys and he was talking about having another kid. And mom just made fun of him saying, you're really going for that girl, aren't you? <laughs> just <laughs> just want that daughter. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think my parents were pre- pretty pleased, but then they wanted us all to have four, and uh, four like kids. my brother did, but then my sisters both like get, quit at two, quit you know, had enough, <laughs> losers. So now the pressure's on, but I got nothing, so I'm taking my time. Don't Can you worry. have eight kids? I'll to be just fine. balance things out a little bit. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, I was gonna say, you know, like uh, brothers are typically pretty competitive, uh, but we had enough of an age gap with that sister in between where like. Okay, to be fair, I just I couldn't compete. <laughs> like he was just better than me at everything. Uh, but what about you and your brother? We were competitive, but it wasn't. It was it was more. Um, I guess these weird psychological competitive things, uh, like these mind for the games love you play. of for the mother. For the, for the <laughs> love of mother, maybe. Because uh, my brother to this day accuses me of being a manipulative, uh, very evil person in some ways. Like, he's playing you. Can't you see it? Oh, yeah, and probably so... true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Just because he can't play the game doesn't mean. <laughs> but uh, we we would play video games. That's where things would get competitive. But uh, I, I don't know any game that he really had the edge on. Because... What was your top vidya? Did you play sports games against no, each other? No, we never. The only sports game we ever owned was a copy of uh, Madden, like, 94 on the SNES that I got. Oh. Oh, Christmas yeah. presents. Hail Mary it, every time. Oh, it just, I couldn't understand. Because I don't understand. I still don't understand football. And yeah. you'd pick your plays. And to me, it was just like picking, might as well have been picking Chinese characters out of a lineup. <laughs> I can't even understand when I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, oh, uh, they're running? Uh, oh, no, they're throwing. Well, it's like, okay, for me, that's it. There, is it a running play, which stinks? They're always boring. <laughs> yeah. Or is it a passing play, which is more interesting? Yeah, and then they catch the thing. Do they catch it? And sometimes you'll hear, oh, here comes the blitz. It's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why don't they blitz every time if they're faster? I, I really don't know. The, the, somebody somewhere can probably say. But no, generally speaking, it was not that competitive between my brother and I. Because we never played sports together like that. And... Uh, mm. 
even family games and stuff. Like we, although I guess we could say we played Scrabble over Christmas break, and my brother was getting a little into it. And, oh yeah. Uh, but he was getting, he was whining, he was being a baby because this is because uh, you'll remember what John said about um, Scrabble, why he doesn't like it because it's not a game that tests your ability. It doesn't help strategy. You, yeah. It's just about who's smarter, who has, who knows these little gimmicks better than the other person. Like who's got the the bigger dictionary knowledge of that words. and knowing like the BS words yeah. that are allowed. Which um, I want to ask you. We played Scrabble recently at work, and they just had the Scrabble dictionary out. No, that's a death sentence. That I would have shot them on sight, like, <laughs> and just like toss the body into a shallow grave behind, because that's the that's the lowest energy form of Scrabble possible. And they were Absolutely just looking horrible. them up. Horrible. But what if you, instead of looking them up, tried to do it, and then somebody did a challenge, and well, that's, that's the, the official that's rule, the official okay. rule, and it's supposed to cost you a turn if you um, if you make an illegal play. If I think if your challenge is wrong. Um, I don't know if it's so like... it's like coup, coup rules. Coup rules, like you, you lose, you <laughs> handed one of your characters. But no, I know what you're describing. and I've seen plenty of games devolve into that. And it's mm. the worst... Because Scrabble's not a fast game. Nope. And when somebody's sitting there with a dictionary, it just gets worse and worse. Slower and slower, yeah. And it's really... It's, you How know, does your family do it? Do uh, they have a classic one dictionary, like just in case of a challenge? Or are they... Uh, we've, we've kind of moved online. We've got a couple of Scrabble dictionaries floating around, but you can just oh. easily find one online and type it in, which yep. makes things way easier. So, but the, my brother was, the whole point is my brother was getting upset because I was starting to, and they aren't even worth that many points. It's just, it's just me kind of like trying to do like a pirouette on top of a, a, a pagoda <laughs> or something. But when you start laying words on top of other words and they're all yeah, blending love in them. and they're, they're really dumb, but that's the, that's the reason you don't feel good about it. You, you're looking at what you're going is, is Zaw a word? <laughs> Yeah, apparently. Don't ask me what it means. <laughs> Smackdown. It's dumb. Zah, it's short for pizza. No, I mean like Zah, like adding like a, like a U underneath it or around uh, with it. Yeah. Zah, Zoo. I don't know. Scrabble's it's it's amazing. It's like every time you you think like there's no way. Oh, it, it is. is. Just like every two-letter word just exists. And they start adding stuff. And when yeah. you start th- seeing the new editions of the dictionary, they start adding selfie. like slangs and stuff too. I don't know if selfie might. It could be. You know what? Why not? Just it's got to be. Put lol in the dictionary or uh, the Scrabble dictionary while we're at it. Raffle. Raffle on my O. Raffle Kofta. <laughs> Aging ourselves right here. <laughs> Jack, what have you, you been playing lately? We're, st- we're doing this backwards. Uh, We've kind of, yeah. I had a solo adventure, and then Jack came and saved me. So before we get going, I want to give a big shout-out to Pure Later, um, yeah. our normal driver, great guy. Uh, he's on vacation today, so or this week. We've had drivers for Monday and Tuesday. Driver didn't show up today, so I sat there and messaged him. He's a great guy. He, he was going to message somebody else. Didn't hear anything. or he, he messaged somebody. Nobody showed up, so I had to schlep all this stuff from uh, my work to the Pure Later's depot, which is about... Speed five, ten minute drive away from me. No, the Massey Road one. Oh yeah. And uh, so all this is annoying. I get there and I've got these boxes and I knock on the truck asking somebody because I'm thinking, oh, he can just load them on a truck and just like boop 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 scan them all up. The guy just says, no, you got to bring them inside. Sorry, man. And that's what got me was that he didn't offer to help me at all, even though like I'm a I'm a normal pickup customer that mm. had a bunch of stuff. It wasn't just me with my little envelope going, oh excuse me, Mister, where do I bring them up here? No, I had. Like 22 pound boxes of uh, receivers and things that is barely fit into the car. Anyway, dang. Uh, speaking of uh, gigantic government cover ups, I got to play Twilight Struggle Watergate. Yeah, it's Twilight Struggle Jr. Twilight. Emphasis on light. L-I-T-E. That's what I was going for. <laughs> oh, Twilight. Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> See, not bad, eh? I thought about that. Uh, so, tell us. Uh, Nixon's a good guy. He uh, Finished his term, no problem. Totally exonerated. <laughs> Couldn't no trace collusion. <laughs> no collusion. 
<laughs> no quid pro quo. Yeah. It was. I had a good time. It, uh, it was, The rules were super simple. I got scared when I opened up the rules, and there were I, there were like 20 pages of them. And, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I was not prepared. But it's like Twilight Struggle, and that, they explain the cards like yeah. in the back. And just in case there's, I guess, if there's ambiguity about what they do or, I guess, more information about the historical yeah. uh, nature of them. But there's also a nice write-up of history of what took place at that time as well. But for those who don't know, Twi- uh, Twilight Struggle. Uh, Watergate <laughs> is a two-player um, game in the vein of Twilight Struggle. It's a card-driven war game by any other stretch of the imagination. One person plays a, a journalist, and the other person plays the Nixon administration. And you each have your own deck of cards. We'll get this that aspect in a second. And you're playing these cards either for the ops or for the event. Yep. And instead of having a war map, you have a really a very pretty looking board that's got like these strings like charlie from always sunny stringing things together <laughs> and uh you're, the journalist is trying to basically build a map of these these clues that bring uh, that connect nixon's face in the center to two confederates in this crime and you have to do a bunch of things to get this going i'm not going to go too far in those details but if the journalist does this he wins if nixon manages to get five momentum tokens, which is just basically having this little thing on your side at the end of every round, he wins. It's the equivalent of a turn. good speech. Good speech, yeah. So um, it's, uh, by the time we got going and started playing, I'd say it, w- it took us about an hour to play between kind of figuring out the rules and just going, and we had a very good time. And um, I, Joel, how many times have you played this? About four. Four times. How many times has Nixon won in your games? Every time. Every time. That's how I'm kind of feeling after this because yeah. it seems like – because I purposely gave Kale a journalist because in my mind I thought the journalist won every time. So I was like, okay, I'll give her the one that's yep. um, going to be the, had the, the, the plus or the advantage. But it seemed like when we were playing that all Nixon has to do is just uh, play things for ops virtually every time or play these events that just bring the momentum token to his side and just kind you of – you've got a five-round time limit. I feel like – so here's the thing. I've played Nixon every time. And not by my own choice, but everybody always gives me Nixon, and I'm always playing somebody new to the game. Right. So I feel like it's kind of unfair. Um, I think that uh, the journalist, if they played more, would recognize that they need to focus on that momentum token. Yeah. And the journalist seems to always ignore the momentum token and be like, yeah, it's fine. But five five rounds of that is is not a lot. Well, Kelly got it three times, so that's not like she was totally yeah. ignoring okay. it. So she got there. But at the same time, it's like... One of those rounds definitely was me trying to do something else in the sense, rather than focus solely on the momentum token. Kind of obfuscate the map. Obfuscate the map. But to me, and I didn't see her cards, um, what I saw was that she, you, Nixon really only has to play one game, I think. That's momentum and occasionally obfuscating versus the journalist where you have to worry about momentum. Initiative is pretty important, but Mm. you don't have to worry about that. But that extra card's a big deal. And you have to get those clues out. And clues are very difficult to move, uh, at least what I saw, um, because they're hidden to you and you're kind of playing a slight guessing game and you need to get them on your side to start putting them down. And it seemed like, I don't, and I didn't see her cards, it seemed like it was way easier for me to dump obfuscated clues onto the map than it was for her to clean up my mess. Yeah. And I like, don't know. They, I think the reporter has a lot of really good event cards. Yes. Um, amazing ones like, oh, you, you've got somebody on your side as a conspirator. Yeah. Oh, nope, they've converted. Uh, things like that. And uh, I'd like to see, like I've never seen them like kind of um, to be able to play their full full deck. The, the games are too fast. You didn't get to from a full found. deck? It's just like I've always been rushing to momentum and they throw down a little bit of evidence, and I'm like, eh, I've never even had a single 
uh, conspirator tied to Nixon yet. Like it's just she the games one. just go too fast. Yeah. Um, but I will say uh-huh. that the games where I haven't played, because Sam's gone off and played this twice, mm-hmm. um, the reporter is one. Interesting. I'd love to see what they did differently because everything I saw seemed like it was easier for Nixon to just kind of. It's a simple task it's for a, sure. You're just you're just digging your heels and pulling things down versus the. So I didn't see the cards, and I was only experiencing what she was doing. There were a couple times I went, oh, you can do that? Oh, man, that's pretty good. And yeah. that was fun. But um, the part, and this is what I'm going to say, my, and I've only played it once, so take this with a grain of salt. You really appreciate the shared deck mechanic from Twilight Struggle after Absolutely. you play Waterdeep. Yeah. Because I think if this game had shared the deck, just rip off Twilight Struggle. Yeah. Just do it shamelessly. Why not? If you had kept these decks shared, and if you had wanted to play Ops, and you had to play your opponent's event... I think that would have been, this would have been something else completely. As it stands, it, it fulfills its job of being a quick playing two player card driven war game. That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. But it, it's lacking just it's a bit of teeth that yeah. in tough decisions because you've got all cards that you want to play. The worst thing you're happening is like, do I want to get rid of this card for the entire game? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, it's usually something really good too. So it's like pretty rare that you'll get to the point where you'll see it again. Anyway, it's yeah. like it's not it's not Twilight Struggle where you're gonna see it three or four times <clears throat> because Twilight Struggle is a long game. This yeah. is a pretty quick game. Super quick. And should we explain uh, what the heck we're talking about? Uh, you're welcome to. Okay. So in uh, in Waterdeep, like Jack said, there's this Waterdeep, <laughs> Watergate. <laughs> they should be more games around. In Waterdeep, Water Deep, you're putting your people on the map and you're doing quests and <laughs> <laughs> picking up journalists. <laughs> uh, think of a, there's a ring of conspirators around Nixon. Nixon's <clears throat> in the middle, and the object of the reporter is to, like you said, uh, link two of them together. And the, and the way that you do that is that you're playing these cards and basically Nixon has to put out two pieces of evidence per round. Three. Three. Three pieces of evidence per round. But you don't know what color they are. Uh, One could be the tape, one could be the money, and one could be... I had no idea what they were. I just saw them as yellow, green, (laughs) blue. Uh, Okay, well, we won't know what the third one is then because I can't remember. Blonde, brunette. Yeah. Uh, Basically, they're key pieces of the case that brought Nixon down. Um, Spoiler. The reporters won in in RL. Uh, great movie, All the President's Men. It, it's fantastic. Oh, if yeah. anyone hasn't seen it, watch it. Really, really good. All the President's Men. If you wanna, if you wanna learn the story, um, or you know, you could play Watergate and find <laughs> out. You might get may, it. maybe Nixon's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and yeah, so there's three pieces of evidence out there, and then there's these two little uh, wooden pillars, and they all start in the middle, and basically the whole game is a tug of war where you're just deciding which of those you tug on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reporter can tug the evidence over to their side and the, and Nixon can tug the momentum or, or the whatever over the initiative over to his side, which initiative I just kind of ignored. It was kind of a throwaway point. It would be uh, nice to get five cards, sure, but yeah. I was just saying, eh, I got other interests. Um, and basically when the round ends, which is once uh, all the cards have been played, which is either five or four, depending on who has initiative, um, whatever's on your side, you get to take. You get to yeah. put it on the board. Or if you take an initiative, you get to put it on your thing. And I think if the reporter gets initiative, they get some kind of special ability at the end of the round. They get to do a thing. I don't remember that one. But, uh... It's kind of like Secret Hitler style, where it's like when you reach this certain thing for fascist documents, you get to shoot somebody. 
I, no, momentum, yeah. So when you get to add momentum, the second you get to put it down, you get a one-time bonus yep. when you drop momentum down. So she got to do that once, which seemed fine. Yeah. Nixon gets none of those because he doesn't need any help. Yeah, all he has to do... So, yeah, Nixon's goal is just to get five of those. He gets five of those. He, he's uh, got enough momentum to reti- his term. retire per- peacefully. Yeah. And he's not a crook, folks. <laughs> so that's what he wants to do. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it's a cool game. I really like what they're doing, and I I, I'm, I salute the design completely. And I wasn't expecting, because when I, whenever I saw pictures of it, I've never seen it in real life. I was expecting a bigger box, two-player game, but no, it, it is a small box Cute. game filled to the brim with uh, excitement and pieces. And I think if you like two-player games, uh, after one play, I can wholeheartedly endorse picking it up, and maybe there'll be yeah. an expansion or something that might flesh out some of the, or sand off some of the rougher edges that I've seen in the first play, but... Uh, Easy, easy addition yeah. to anyone's collection. And look, you can't take Twilight Struggle to a coffee shop. No. <laughs> Water cake, well, you can, you you can carry around thing. with you. You can throw it out. It's very, very small footprint. I mean, yes. it's just like a tiny little, you know, rectangular square. Yeah. And yeah, you can play it anywhere. Neat game. Play with your mom. Play with your mom. <laughs> mom will never play this. Uh, Capstone Games, again, they had a banner year <laughs> with uh, everything that was released. So, Yeah, and I got to say, like, comment on the first thing that Jack said at the beginning of the game. Any game that spends the effort and the money mm-hmm. and the space in their rule book to put in just some, like, interesting information, I always appreciate it. I'm That's always nice. happy to see it, you know, when Cole Worley puts <laughs> Pax Pamir recommended lists. readings at the end. I'm just, oh, warms my heart. Rosenberg has a whole Shows almanac. how much you care, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like you didn't make the game just to spit it out and, and sell some stuff. You say, research. Listen, players. Yeah. If you're interested in, in Nixon, um, you know, you can call him at... Uh, <laughs> Dial up God and... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Simpsons used to make Nixon jokes all the time. <laughs> In the, it's a great uh, target. The Halloween episode the, where Homer sells his soul for a donut. The, <laughs> part of the jury of the damned is Lizzie Borden, uh, the 1982 like, or 78 Philadelphia Flyers, and Richard Nixon. <laughs> and <laughs> Nixon at the time is, well, I'm not dead. And Satan goes, silence. And he goes, yes, master. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what those uh, <laughs> what those baseball players did. The The Flyers? Yeah. Oh, they were infamous. The Phil- that, that I'm getting the year wrong, but they were known as the Broad Street Bullies, and they were the dirtiest hockey team on earth. At oh the time. yeah. <laughs> they were, they, so were they all went to hell. <laughs> the, the Devil's hockey team. Uh oh, this Mac cannot connect to iCloud. Oh no. What are we gonna do with our uh, with our nudes? I guess they're not gonna get leaked tonight, <laughs> despite me trying so hard to share them. Bummer. All right. There's some training going on on the other side, or I think it's done now. But it's exciting because uh, there were about. I'd say about 10 people in the training and they're all learning how to do a show so we might get some new blood in here soon. A mix of ages too. I looked in there and there yeah. was some, my goodness, cross-section of society. If you listen to us and you say these guys suck <laughs> and I could do better. It might be easier to weed out people who don't say that. <laughs> or, you know, you live in the Guelph area and you're just like, hey, I think this would be a lot of fun. You know what? It is. Come out, uh, you know, contact CFRU, and you can have a show of your own. Yeah, go to the website. <laughs> yeah, it's a great website. CFRU.ca. <clears throat> and you can listen, uh, if you listen to the radio enough, you can actually <laughs> listen to Jack uh, give a commercial. I mean, the show might have gone by right now, but... Uh, yeah, I don't remember when it was uh, on. But oh, well. uh, Jack Jack was f- briefly famous. You can listen to last week's episode. It's right at the end. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Oh, neat. All right. Uh, how much time do we have left, Joel? Uh, 
10 minutes. 10 minutes. All right. So in the last 10 minutes, I think uh, what we're going to do is this is vaguely newsworthy, but it, it seems kind of hacky because you're reporting on someone else's story in a sense. But yeah, um, I was talking to Joel today and most of the time, uh, if I see something interesting, I'll send it to Joel because I want to talk about it. And today we got, I got a notification when I looked at my phone that shut up and sit down and release a new video. And it was a video for a game that it's been out for a while and I've looked at for a long time because it something about the cover just appealed to the the dour dry gamer in yeah. me because it's like it's a very sad looking a game. very sad looking game like this has to be interesting because <laughs> there's no way anyone was signed off on this who it, it, anyway uh, so shut up and sit down did a video on the King's Dilemma or just King's Dilemma and uh, the video itself I highly recommend you watch it um, but I enjoyed it and I was also apprehensive because it kind of ticked off a bunch of the boxes that makes me worried about a lot of their stuff. And that is the fellow reviewing is Quinn's and he is known for being super into these role playing experience. Gener- yeah, social games. He loves those sorts of games, which I'm not against, but I like social games when they're blended with an actual game. And that's what was worrying about this. But the game is King's Dilemma. And I was joking to Joel that uh, I was on the... So the video had been out for 30 minutes. It was at 3,000 views. And I was looking at Board Game Bliss. And before... Uh, BGB. BGB. Before the video um, was... So I was listening to this. And I was checking simultaneously. So there were 10 plus copies at Board Game Bliss. Uh, by the time I finished the video, it was down to five. And when I checked an hour or two later, when I remembered, it was sold out completely. And it goes to show what the strength of a bump from the shut up and sit down guys yeah. uh, is. It's and almost as much as Android's dungeon. Almost as much. They wish they could have the pure, unadulterated selling strength that is the Joel and Jack hearty recommendation. Oh, speaking of which, uh, before we move on in King's mm-hmm. Dilemma, mm-hmm. I just wanted to share some news that I already shared with our listeners, but, uh, but you weren't here. Okay, double share. Uh, we have officially passed... Our 5,000 listeners. Well, well, well. Congratulations, Joel. And this is kind yeah. of an anniversary in a sense, if you yeah. think about it, because what were we talking about during our aborted uh, training show, our first episode? We are talking about the Oscars. The, hey! So yeah. it's kind of around It was now. a bit of an early Oscars yeah. this year, but we're, we're around the time. It's for, so what is it, two enough. years, three years? <clears throat> I don't remember. Not, yeah. time, time is a flat circle to me. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is it took... It took no time at all to get 5,000 listens. It was easy. We blasted it. It was funny because I was kind of like thinking we're floating around 3K or something, 3,700. And I was like, oh, it's coming up. You know, we should do something special. But Well, maybe next time. It came we, and went. <laughs> so, well, actually, you know what? Let's send a hearty thank you to all our dedicated listeners. And even yeah. people who hate listen to us. Uh, if you are hate listening, joke's on you. It's still a listen, baby. We had a hate listener from last week. Noya listened to uh, to you and and uh, and didn't like your treatment of her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just called it as a stinking emperor. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, thank you for listening, everyone. Five thousand views, sticking with us, and putting up with uh, uh, questionable content at times. But you know, it's always questionably great content. Yeah, shocking that you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> shockingly, or you're just you hit that subscribe button, and you just forgot. Either way, we're getting it. Hey. Yeah, and shout out to California. I think I already said it, but Cali is listening. And apparently all the other states hate us. <laughs> we need to we just need to branch out, do some more barbecue-themed episode to get those southern yeah, states. and the Texans. Oh, what, what kind of games do they play in Texas? I wonder. Uh, games about clearing brush. All my exes live in Texas. <laughs> you got any gun-themed games? Uh, oh, uh, shoot them up. 
Flick them up? Flick them up. <laughs> I guess that could be... Cash a, and guns. Cash and guns. I don't own those games, but uh, I think we could just do a themed show talking we could just be shooting firearms off while discussing bang. we could talk about bang you know that was it was a big part of our lives back in the day we just didn't know how bad it was i think i played bang twice at university it was, it was one of the early experiences where i remember again my one friend saying he hates that game because he was knocked out in like round two and it went on for another half an hour or something yeah. stupid and you're just going why yeah why? bang dice was so refreshing because you could get knocked out and actually get back in in five minutes but by the time Bang Dice came around, I think Bang was kind of on its way out. Bang, I think, probably sells probably more than you would be happy about hearing. Yeah, I, I bet it's, it's probably still s- big. And especially that dumb, it has a, I say dumb, but it's because I'm so biased at this point. But it's got that very eye-catching um, bullet casing or bullet-looking uh, game case for the, I don't yeah, know if it's Bang Deluxe or Bang Dice or something. But... Bang, Catan, Munchkin. <clears throat> don't, all... don't put Catan Flux, with those guys. They're all going strong. Yeah. I feel like it's not fair to Catan, because at least there's a game there versus some of that other stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, so the only, the last thing I'll say about King's Dilemma is that it looks interesting, and the part of the reason why it looks interesting is that I love the idea, uh, and this is what's been attracting me, and you mentioned John Company, but even things like Dune and um, and not Mega Civ, not as much, but these games where you're talking to people, but you're, you're negotiating, you're horse trading, you're trying to make things happen. And you're va- you're really interested in how people are behaving on their turns because they can affect your fate and you're trying yep. to do some persuading, but you're, you have your own goals. So it's a mix of the social game. So it's not just pure werewolf, just like, uh, it's that guy. Okay. Yeah. Get him. He looks suspicious. I think I saw him blinking. Yeah, yeah. Some arbitrary reason. And yeah. it's just like, oh, I'm knocked out of the game. So we can pay- player elimination again. Yeah. Um, but there's actually the board state. And you're actually trying to do things. And it's a legacy game. Yeah. And and legacy for legacy itself, we've learned, is not good. No, 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 no. But, uh, but this, <clears throat> this, this seems interesting. And the last thing the that I added a bit later was that apparently the So Very Wrong About Games guys, who I have a love-hate relationship with, they put it as their top three game of 2019. And yep. I think the quote I posted was... Top, top? Uh, pardon me? Number one? No, no. Top. It in was in top the top three. three. Okay. Yeah. And the, the quote I posted was something on the lines of, um, there, there's more interesting uh, decisions or the, there's the, the legacy element has more in one turn than entire legacy ga- other legacy games, yeah. which to me... I feel is like just, everybody likes to smack on that. It's all Charterstone. I guarantee it's all Charterstone. Charterstone and Seafall. Well, Seafall just... Nobody talks about Seafall, let's just say that. Nobody cares. Uh, anyway, that's well, something yeah. I'll be... It looks look good, and to. like I, I think I was saying <clears throat> about John Company earlier, that it's nice you know, to get away from that kind of Euro. Mm-hmm. And I think the number one thing that I like about it is that there's no way to math it out. Mm-hmm. There's no way to sit there and figure out what you need to do and then come up with a plan and execute it over the next five rounds. It's like, no. You're gonna. You're dependent on the will and the whims of the people around you. So you're and gonna you have to. You bribe people. You gotta hustle. Yeah. You're gonna have to make some deals. And that's what. And not to go keep pulling it back, but that was the one of the criticisms of King's Dilemma. In that it's one of those types of games, and I guarantee John Company is that you could level the same thing with it. Is that you get you get out of it what you put in, and if you're playing with very dry. Yeah mathy people you're not gonna have a good time because it's not that type of game you have to be vocal you have to be hustling you have to be making things happen 
happen. And if you're just going to sit there like a bump on a log, upset that you can't play Agricola with, um, even Agricola has got a bunch of decisions, but it's not as, it's not as like, okay, I'm planning this out. I'm going to put this here and then that there and that here and then this here. And that'll give me 13 points. It'll put me two points above Joel. And then I, yeah. I should be fine. But it, 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 it reminds me of a lot of other games that do the same thing. Captain, Captain Sonar to some degree, but especially I think Dark Moon, you know, it's just kind of like a platform where it's like, okay, you could just like go through the process and, and try to figure things out. Or you can, yeah. you know, maybe you want to, you know, start pointing the finger at Jack yeah. and say, look, Jack's been really shady. <laughs> you know, and that's, and I, and I really liked uh, King's Dilemma looked really good. Yeah. It had a lot of cool stickers. You've got like a, sort of like a laminated board that you're writing on. And it wasn't too ugly. you're passing laws and doing all these cool things. And and I, I know that like what you said about Quinn's, Quinn seems to be like unreasonably into into social games. He was saying that even before a law came out, even before it was read, they were chanting. Yeah. It's like, okay, you guys are having fun. You've probably had a lot to drink. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. Sure. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've, I've watched a couple of their playthroughs. I know how much they drink. Oh, do they really? <laughs> they have, yeah. They, I watched their Twilight, uh, their game. Of <laughs> Did Twilight they get a little Imperium. sloppy there at the end? Or? And yeah, Twilight Imperium was. <laughs> That's, yeah. I think it's the only way to play those games. <laughs> There's no way I can sit dead sober for eight hours long, playing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're out of time. So thanks for listening and, uh, check us out on, um, I don't know what are, what are our, uh, what are our platforms you can check us out on? Just go to your favorite podcast website and search Android's dungeon. It'll be the one that's actually got listeners and post regular episodes. And then our email. It's adradio at cfru.ca. There it is. I couldn't remember it earlier. adradio at cfru.ca. Check us out. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Joel. I'm Jack. Take care. <laughs>